second straight night. We are live on location from the University of Manitoba, the Canada West Men's Basketball Championship. The Moose last week split their two meetings with the Wranglers in Calgary as they look to climb their way into a playoff spot. After snapping an 11-game losing skid at the end of January, the Moose have now won more than they've lost. And earlier this afternoon, I caught up with Moose head coach Mark Morrison to talk about how things are going on the farm. You know, we, we just got back uh, from a, a, a lengthy road trip that we went 6-2-1 and one on and, and played well. And we came home in the last two games. We lost to Milwaukee, a very good hockey team that's won 17 in a row. So uh, we're trending the right way. Team's improving. Players are improving. And, uh, yeah, we're... Uh, we're excited about uh, the next 25 games because we feel that we've improved uh, tremendously here. Well, Milwaukee actually won already today, so they're now 18 in a row that they've won, which is kind of insane. So when when you look at the last two games you played and, and losing 4 nothing and 4-3 to Milwaukee, when you're playing a team that's that hot, is it intimidating? Well, I, no, I, I don't think we found them intimidating just because we were playing with them, out shooting them at times, uh, out chancing them at times, and we were in the hockey games. But um, you know, they got a, they got some breaks, and obviously they're a good hockey team. They very strong defensive team, and it's hard to create chances on it. So um, maybe at times a little bit discouraging because they don't allow you to get many uh, offensive scoring chances. Uh, but I, I thought we were right there with them. So right now, doing a lot better than there was a stretch there over a month, basically, that you didn't win a hockey game. What, how important it is, is it as the coach to, to find ways to keep morale high when the results aren't going your way? Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. We, we did have a tough stretch of a month there, and, and I think that uh, we, did a, we did a good job of keeping the morale high at practices, but we have a great core group here. And, um, you know, again, the team was in all those games, so we didn't really feel like, although we were coming out in the wrong end, we felt like we were a little bit unlucky at times and should have won some of those games. So we never really got too low, but uh, I think the important part of that whole learning curve there was that we went on the road after losing 11, went on the road and went 6-2-1. and one. Uh, And if we didn't have a good road trip there, the season could have been possibly been over as far as playoffs are concerned. So how would you say the roster is looking right now, considering that just about everybody is healthy at the Jets level, which means you end up with some of the players that would have been on the fourth line, like Dominic Toninato, Axel Janssen, Fialbi. How have they helped you this in this push that you've played a lot better in the last little while? Well, tremendously. I mean, they're, they're, they're good hockey players. They're NHL hockey players. And the mo- most important thing about those guys in Fialbi and Toninato and, and Gustafson's here right now at the moment under conditioning, but their attitudes are great. And, you know, that's really uh, what you're looking for so that the, the young guys can learn from them. And, and these guys that come down don't miss a beat. They've got great attitudes and work very hard and uh, show the younger group there uh, what professionals uh, have to play like. How has Billy Hanela looked since he came back from his injury? Billy's Billy's looked good. He's uh, he's coming along. He's getting better uh, week by week here. He's getting better. I mean, he missed a lot of time, um, but he's certainly uh, improving as we go on. And uh, you know, his timing's starting to come back. And uh, I would say that uh, you, you noticeable improvement uh, game by game. As the coach of an AHL team, how closely are you watching? 
what happens with the NHL team? Uh, well, we, we try to, you know, watch and make sure that uh, we try to stay ahead of the curve a little bit as far as injuries go because we know if someone gets injured there, they're calling from us. So we try to try to keep up uh, game by game on the medical side of things and, and as well as the coaching side of things with systems to make sure that, uh, you know, if they tweak some of their systems or change stuff that uh, we're following suit and doing the same thing here. When things are going well for your team, what would you say the strength of the Moose is? I'd say our strength mostly is uh, our floor check um, and our work ethic. I think that's uh, been two things that have that have uh, continued to push us through. Uh, but, uh, you know, we can always be better as far as execution goes, but uh, the work ethic is always there. How's goaltending been this year? I think we've had our ups and downs with goaltending a little bit, uh, you know, good and bad streaks. Uh, but uh, we we called up uh, Millich there from uh, he was down in Norfolk and uh, he's played very well for us uh, in the last ten games here. On the topic of systems, it's been a, a big sticking point here in the NHL about special teams and the power play and penalty kill haven't been awesome this year for the Winnipeg Jets. I notice as well statistically the PK for the Moose is is down near the bottom of the league. The, the power play is better, I think, than the Jets has been. But is there a correlation in terms of system between what you're doing and what they're doing with the Jets? Or how, how would you account for that? Yeah, for us, it's not really systems. Uh, that's, that's the one area that we really don't play the same. Uh, in years past, we've had good uh, special teams here, but that's been because we've had continuity of players. Um, with the changeover of all the players and not having that continuity, it's been a little bit tougher, uh, you know, to, to get the systems down where in the years past we've had guys we throw it on the PK that have been here for three years playing together. So that's been a little bit uh, of a challenge. That's somewhat the nature of coaching in the AHL, though, right? There's more turnover in the roster? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, you, you, as much as you can, you try to keep your power playing your lines and your penalty kills together, but it's it's difficult with call-ups and send-downs, and, uh, you know, that's that's one thing that uh, you have to just adjust on the fly with, and sometimes it uh, doesn't work out so well for system-wise, but, uh, you know, we have to keep 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 staying with it. So right now sitting at 38 points last in the division, but only a point out of a playoff spot because of the, the way the structure is top five and the division get in, though it, it's it's harder to go far when you, when you start with that extra little series as the five seed. Uh, knowing that you're so close to a playoff spot, how much does that motivate your team knowing that, hey, we've, we've got this right here in front of us over this next home stretch? Yeah, I mean, and I think that that's that's important, and it's very important that we ended the last trip six two and one, so that we we pulled ourselves within that group, and you know, for a playoff push. And it's it's important that that's in front of you all the time because it is huge motivation. That's why we play hockey, and you know, we we all want to make playoffs, and so that we're that close to it is uh, is excellent, and we want to continue to push uh, just to keep the. Uh, you know, to keep the culture and the atmosphere up in the dressing room and make sure that uh, everybody is is on the same page as far as making playoffs goes. So you got four games left on this homestand, Calgary tomorrow and Saturday, and then next weekend against Texas. So a lot of time to rest and recover ahead of a, a very busy March. How important is it to, to take the most advantage of these next four games? 
Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, our you know our record at home hasn't been great, so it's one thing that we're consistently uh, talking about. But uh, to have time off and a break to prepare for these games is important. I think the time off in, in between in the middle of the week is important for them. As uh, Mar- as you know, March is looking uh, like we play every second night. Well, Mark, thanks for uh, hopping on the show tonight. Appreciate it, and best of luck through the rest of the season. All right. Thanks, Christian. So we've talked about the Manitoba Bisons here at the Canada West Basketball Championship. Let's talk about the Westmen now, who went 15-5 and this season, winning their last six games, eight of their last nine heading into the playoffs as the number three seed. As I told you earlier in the show, they had three players named to season-ending all-star teams, including Mike Mikhailov, the 6'9 junior out of Madrid, who talked to me earlier this afternoon ahead of finding out who their round two opponent would be. Tomorrow night here on CJOB, the Winnipeg Jets will be playing the Chicago Blackhawks on the road in Chicago, and the men anchoring our Jets hockey coverage is Kelly Moore, who joins us now. Kelly, excited to see what the Jets can do against the worst team in the NHL, perhaps, that's given them a lot of trouble this year? Well, you know, when you look at probably the two worst teams in the National Hockey League, and, uh, you know, the Winnipeg Jets uh, in the third and deciding game of their head-to-head matchup with the San Jose Sharks, win one to nothing. So a grand total of seven goals scored between the two teams in three games in that matchup. And then you, you take a look uh, between Chicago and Winnipeg in three games, there have been only 10 goals scored. And you know, Rick Bonus was quite succinct. And uh, you know, Adam Lowry even hinted at it himself. He said, you know, we, we haven't played that badly against Chicago. Just can't score any goals. And and Rick Bonus, you know, he said, hey, it's all morassic. I mean, the guy has absolutely stoned us. And the goaltending has been really good in the series. You know, Morazic has a 936 saves percentage. But Connor Hellebuck and Lauren Brossois combined for a 940 saves percentage. So uh, I don't know if we're going to see that many goals uh, in Chicago tomorrow night. And, you know, there's been an uptick lately, Christian, uh, in goal scoring, not only in games involving the Winnipeg Jets, but also just kind of around the National Hockey League. Well, we've seen some chaotic scores lately. We saw, I think, three different 9-2 results last week. We saw that incredible 10-7 game between the Wild and the Canucks, and those obviously will bump up the average scores. But your point remains that the Jets so many times in January, right, two goals was winning hockey games or three goals was winning. And now this last week, there's been a 6-3 and another 6-3. There was the 4-2, which is, you know, more Mm -hmm. normal, but... We're suddenly seeing a lot more eventful hockey games involving the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, well, if you look at their season average, you know, there's 5.4 goals scored per game involving the Winnipeg Jets. But in the last three games you just described, Christian, Vancouver, Calgary, and Minnesota, you know, the uh, the average has been eight. And across the National Hockey League, like not counting tonight, uh, but in the five days previous, the average on the season in the NHL is about 6.2 goals per game. It's been almost a full goal above that. And, you know, most of us that have, you know, covered hockey for a lot of years, it's after the all-star break that things really start to clamping, you know, teams start to clamp down, goals start to become harder to come by, and yet here you've got Austin Matthews scoring uh, like it's a Sunday in the park. So, uh, I don't know, maybe it's a little bit different this year, and maybe, you know, there's just... There, there's just that kind of relax and exhale because you know March is coming. And certainly for the Jets starting tomorrow night, uh, man, does it get busy. 20 games in 37 nights. 
Yeah, and it's the same way for a lot of teams where it gets, you know, the teams have had their all-star breaks, their player breaks, there's some inconsistencies in the scheduling where you've got some gaps. And I wonder if there's just a natural human tendency to maybe loosen up a bit. And now we're getting to March, the playoff push. Things tighten up a bit, and maybe as we go through March, it'll get a little bit harder. And it, what, Do you buy into the notion of dog days of a season, Kelly? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. Okay. And especially... You know, Christian, uh, having uh, you know been a broadcaster for many, many years before uh, I stepped away from that end of things, yeah, it, it you you get that that newness of the season, you know, and and then uh, you know you get to Christmas, you get a bit of an ice break, and uh, then uh, you know you come back after Christmas, and uh, you know everybody's anxious to get back at it again, uh, but then all of a sudden uh, you get to February, and there's still a ways to go. Uh, before, uh, you know, the playoff races really start to heat up. Uh, and, and a lot of it, too, depends on where you are in the standings. If you're comfortably in a playoff position, then you're you're just trying to find your game and keep your game. And Ray Ferraro said this on the, uh, the Ray and Dregs podcast, and I think it makes a lot of sense. He mentioned, you know, the style that Rick Bonus wants his team to play. And this was right about the time the Jets were mired in that five-game uh, losing streak. You know, and Ray said, you know, it's hard to play like that for all 82 games. Guys just get worn out mentally and physically. And so there's going to be a drop-off for a while. And and so, you know, I, I think uh, that there has to be a little bit of an understanding that, you know, the Jets just simply aren't going to be able to play with the same type of proficiency on a night-in, night-out basis that they did in November through January. But by the same token, though, you don't want them to fall back uh, into, into uh, you know, what happened last year. Now they're, you know, they're just a, a, a one game above 500, uh, you know, since the, uh, the, uh, the second half started. Uh, so it's not great. Uh, but uh, for the most part, they've been able to maintain their style of game last Monday in Calgary, notwithstanding. But you look around the Central Division too, and I, I always like to keep things relative. And the mm-hmm. Winnipeg Jets, despite having this last few weeks where it's, they've won four of their last five, but that followed a, a five-game losing streak. Yeah. They are still entering tonight three points out of first with three games in hand, and now they're three points out of first with four games in hand because the Stars lost tonight. So it's not like the the field is pulling away from the Jets here. A lot of teams are dealing with inconsistency right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it, uh, it 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 just stacks up on you after a while, you know. And boy, JT Comfort just about scored with time winding down in Detroit, but uh, they went into overtime with the Colorado Avalanche there, and the Red Wings wound up winning it. Uh, so the Avs do get a single point. Uh, but you know, I just looked at their schedules, Christian, and uh, Detroit, or sorry, Dallas and Colorado. Uh, play just, and I say just, 13 games in 31 days, but they play 13 times in March while the Jets play 16. So that's where Winnipeg's going to make up a lot of the games at hand uh, that they have on the Stars and the Avalanche. Uh, Whether they can make those up successfully remains to be seen, but uh, certainly when you take a look at how well they've played against the Central Division this year, uh, except for Dallas, who've beaten them twice, uh, and uh, how Chicago and Arizona in particular are struggling right now. You know, what has Arizona lost? 11 or 12 in a row. You know, and Chicago only has one win in their last 10 or 11 games. Boy, I'll tell you, this, 
you, you, you don't want to look past teams, especially when Mrazek's made it as difficult as he has for the uh, Jets. Uh, but this is gravy weekend. Uh, uh, this has to be four points for Winnipeg. Take nothing for granted. And I think they're in a spot right now where we can't give them any free spaces, right? Because they haven't been as crisp as they as they were earlier in the season when they were beating everybody. Mm-hmm. And they have had, as we've mentioned, a little bit of issues with Chicago. But what, in your mind, what would have to go wrong for Winnipeg to lose tomorrow? Well, Morazic would have to absolutely stand on his head. Uh, and, uh, you know, like I say, Brosois and Hellebuck have been really, really good in this series. Now, Connor Bedard scored all three goals for Chicago, rather, in the first two meetings, including the winner in the overtime uh, in that one just after Christmas. And then he wasn't in the lineup uh, when the uh, Hawks uh, had that one nothing lead until late in the game when uh, Winnipeg rallied for those late goals by Velarde and Ehlers. Uh, but it... They just have to uh, to try to find a way to be a little more precise around the net. Uh, and uh, I, I think if you jump on Chicago early and you uh, send the message that it's not going to be their night, uh, that I think, you know, the Blackhawks, uh, with where they are in their stage of development right now, uh, that, uh, you know, they're, they're going to lose that belief they can hang around. But, uh, you know, they... The, the one thing, Christian, they have, uh, even though they, they lose on a fairly regular basis, uh, they are tough to, to win decisively against on home ice. They've had a lot of rough nights on the road. When you uh, look at their uh, goals for and against breakdown, it, it's pretty significant, the difference between you know, home and away for Chicago. Uh, they've been outscored 82-65 at home, which is no great shakes, but it's 119-53 to on the road. So that's where uh, a lot of the damage has been done against the Hawks. So the Jets are going to be in tough uh, tomorrow night for sure as far as, uh, uh, you know, it, uh, it being a, a routine game. Uh, but uh, I think also, too, Christian, uh, they've got a little bit of zip going on their power play right now. Uh, although uh, Chicago, again, on home ice uh, in their last eight games at United Center. They've killed off 15 of 16 uh, penalties. So, uh, you know, they've, they've got that part of their game down pat. On the topic of Ehlers, since that goal he scored against Chicago, which is one of the more probably electrifying moments of the season for the Winnipeg yeah. Jets, he scored once, and that was in Ottawa, January 20th. One goal Overtime and uh, goal. three assists. <laughs> yeah, big goals, but uh, one goal, three assists. He had an assist on Tuesday against Minnesota. That, that snapped a... Uh, a point, a three-game three pointless streak, but uh, he's been a topic of discussion, a player that we're looking to see get going, and there's been questions about deployment and usage. Didn't practice today because of a nagging injury. Could that be the source of his potential lack of productivity, or is, or is it you can't just blame it on an injury? Yeah, I, I, I don't know that you can make uh, decisions uh, you know, injury related, uh, you know, maybe if he's not able to, uh, get up to top speed, like he usually does, uh, or, or he's got to play a little bit differently. If it's an upper body, we weren't told whether it was upper or lower. So it's an undisclosed nagging injury, uh, for Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, but you know, <clears throat> and I thought Jim and Cam described this very well on jets at noon earlier today, Christian, when uh, and people take a look at it and, and justifiably so. You know, uh, that uh, that top line of Ehlers, Shafley, and Velarde, they've all taken turns uh, making mistakes with giveaways or, or trying risky passes. But the difference for that line is, uh, as much as the analytics aren't kind to them five-on-five, five, 
they still create offensively. Uh, five on five, they're getting chances, but they're also converting now on the power play, where that second line, there's not a lot of sustained offensive zone time. And and so uh, when they're uh, having just almost as difficult a time five on five, but they're not getting a whole lot done in the offensive zone, well, as the game goes on, then it becomes less and less appealing for the coaching staff to send that particular unit out. So, uh, you know, watch for those kind of things tomorrow night. If Ehlers plays, and if he's on that line with Monaghan and Perfetti, today Alex Iafalo was skating on the right side uh, on that line. Uh, but, uh, you know, if if they get the chance uh, to be able to show something, you know, they, they've got to create some offensive zone time when they're out there. They did they did uh, in the third period against Minnesota. I thought they had a couple of really good shifts, so maybe they can uh, have a springboard off of that tomorrow night at the United Center. Well, Kelly, looking forward to that. Thanks for joining me here tonight, and we'll uh, talk to you on the pregame show tomorrow. You bet. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. Story.